0: Thank you for listening to the Grace Harvest Church podcast. For more information, go to graceharvestchurch.org. Galatians um, chapter 6. You know, in looking at this, um, thinking about the book, the things that we have learned in the, in the months and weeks to bring us to this point. We've learned an overarching theme here and that it is about freedom and that we are free and no no longer under the law. So we've learned that as we've walked through. And so dovetailing off chapter 5 and jumping into chapter 6, we're going to just... Jump right in. The Apostle Paul, this is his fourth letter. So if you're wondering where in the order of writing, this is his fourth letter to the churches um, that he took the time to write. And the Apostle Paul, having founded this church, cared about the churches that were founded. And so in, in hearing feedback and, and uh, hearing news about what was going on, he had a response. And so we see here in chapter 6 as he is closing out the letter, His parting thoughts as a founder. And so here we are, uh, starting in verse 1. Here we go. It says, uh, Brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourselves, lest, lest you too be tempted. Bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. But let each one test his own work, and then his reason to boast will be in himself alone, and not in his neighbor, for each will have to bear his own load. Chapter 6, starting in verse 1, jumps right to, gets to the heart and quick of what it means in church relationships to walk together in church. You who are spiritual... You who are mature in the faith, you who are farther along in the journey, you who, who have maybe already overcome, you who are heavenly minded and are have a relationship with God and moving towards him, you, this is the Apostle Paul, you, he didn't just say pastors and elders, you, everyone who is on a journey with Christ, if anyone is caught in any transgression, some. Translation says, sin, you are to spiritually, it should restore him and do a spirit of gentleness. I just want to stop here for a minute. Right here, we have an opportunity to unpack a little bit about what it means to be a believer in the body of Christ and what it means to link together and to care for one another. Now, if you've ever walked through a journey with somebody who has either been caught in an act of sin, confessed, an act of sin, uh, maybe even confronted, you've been a part of this journey, you know, or maybe it's just you right now, you're aware that, oh, I got something going on, and it, it needs to be dealt with. It doesn't please the Lord. I'm, this is it. Right here, the apostle Paul's ha- heart was that we would work as a people of God to restore people in gentleness. Wow, think about this, in gentleness. Now, the process doesn't always um, feel gentle. And I, and I want to I uh, couch this in this. How many of you have ever had a bone break? Anyone? Some, a few of you. How many of you have ever witnessed um, the restoration of a bone being put back together in straight? Being set? Yes, some. Um, th- this thing that we're talking about here is the word... Um, Katarizo, it's restore, it's Greek for that word. And it's a medical term meaning to set a broken bone. Uh, think about this. Uh, my son Zion, uh, years ago, was writing uh, something called a ripstick, I think. And, um, and it's this funny thing. And, it, uh, and all of a sudden he fell or tripped or something. Uh, or was walking and just tripped. I'm not even sure the story, I guess. And, uh, and, and, and in the midst of that, he, his, his, he broke his arm. And I just remember uh, going down to the emergency room, taking him there. He was there, and they were examining him and, and saying, yes, x-rays came in. Yes, he had a broken arm. I remember standing in the room uh, as he is all uh, hung up. They have it hung up. They got straps on his arm, and his arm is hanging, and they're evaluating what to do. And it was obvious that his arm was broken because there was some, it wasn't straight. And so, so as, as they were standing there, the other doctor said, you can stand there and watch. I think Candace and I, and maybe Pastor Doug was there. I'm not even sure. And we're there watching. And all of a sudden, the doctor said, okay, you're gonna hear some things. You're gonna, you're gonna see some things, but he can't feel anything. It was obvious that my son had a sedative because he was smiling during this whole time. And so in the midst of this, um, his arm is hanging, and all of a sudden, this doctor grabs his lower part and starts pulling on his arm. And I see, I see the bone in his skin start trying to move. And, I mean, it, and, it's, and it's not moving, but I see, it's not setting properly, but I see, and, and I'm hearing noises. Like bone on bone or gristle or something, I don't know. And um, finally, after some time, he's like, oh, try it. Unsuccessful, try it again, set it unsuccessful. Okay, we're gonna have to take and go do some surgery on this. We need to set it properly and put them in the right contraption. This is a, a fascinating picture of the idea of taking a believer who has stepped outside of the will of God for their life and has has been down the road of sin. And, and here as a Christian, we're to come alongside and we're to say, Hey, you know, that, that thing, that issue, this, this friend pattern, it isn't pleasing to God. Or maybe, maybe you're hearing somebody tell you, I have this thing in my life. Or I've, I've done this. And, and you're working back and forth. And the idea is that you're taking this outside of fellowship and right communion and you're moving them along a path into right relationship with God and with people. Come on. And in the process that, that, that even, and the word that even the Apostle Paul uses in this process is the idea that we we're taking something that's out and we're bringing back in, in the spirit of, of gentleness. Now, I can tell you that this is not always possible gently in the moment. Sometimes great exertion and force is applied if you've ever been in a, a strenuous conversation you're trying to appeal to somebody you're trying to persuade somebody you're trying to to get their chance I've been on the other end of appealing to somebody or talking through and saying that's not okay it's not okay this isn't good or 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 Here's some information that I that, that I bring. We need to talk about this. And and I've been on, on, on the end sometimes where they've looked at me, they've said, okay, and they said, Are you done talking? And then you know, ah, this is gonna take a special contraption. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna need, I'm gonna need, I'm gonna need to bring in maybe another voice. Or other people. (laughs) (laughs) The idea that right here in the moment, not always working with somebody and bringing them back to full restoration and relationship goes easy. But in the midst of that, the Apostle Paul's appeal is, hey, you, be gentle. Be gentle that you have concern for their eternal condition. Be gentle. Bring them back. Come on. Come on, oh, 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 no, come back, come back, come back. All right, here we go. We're we're gonna walk. We're gonna do this together. I love this in Titus chapter two, verses one through eight. It says, but for as you teach what accords with sound doctrine, older men are to be sober-minded, Dignified, self-controlled, sound in faith, in love, and in steadfastness. Older women, likewise, are to be reverent in behavior, not slanders or slaves to much wine. They're to teach what is good, and so train the young women to love their husbands and children, to be self-controlled, There's some foundational things here as we're talking about the idea of the Apostle Paul's great concern. Great concern for people who have had a relationship with Jesus and found themselves at some point off the path, disjointed, broken, and with great concern that we come alongside and we restore, bring them back in a spirit of gentleness the goal of all of any of these processes, whether you call them uh, discipline or you call them a process, it, the goal is the heart of God is restoration, restoration, bringing them back into relationship. Now, understand who you are. The Apostle Paul also says, consider yourself, understand where you are um, and so that you're well aware of who you are and what is going on inside you. It's probably not a good idea if you struggle with the same sin at the same moment, maybe in the sa- at the same caliber, and, and you hear something, it's probably not a good idea to say, hey, we can do this together, knowing your weakness is just as strong. It's time to bring in somebody else. Hey, you know what? I know somebody. I know somebody. Hey, you, come over here. It just, it just came to our attention that we are dealing with the same thing. Will you, will you walk with us? Will you talk with us? Will you, will you help us as we journey through and try to figure this thing out? We want to honor God in our lives, having examined our own lives first and foremost. You see, the heart of God is that we keep our eyes focused on the goal and the prize of Jesus, ultimately. It's all about Jesus all the time, amen? amen. Come on. And so, so having known that, that we understand that we're to link together and bear one another's burdens. It's interesting, this chapter in Galatians, actually a lot of Galatians, but this chapter has a lot of one-liners in it. That as Christians, uh, we know, you know, bear one another's burdens, uh, you know, you reap what you sow. I mean, it's right here in, the, in this chapter, and we're going to hear some of it, but right here in this moment, the idea that we would bear one another's burdens, that we would understand that uh, that, that, that load, that issue, that sin... Might be too heavy for them that we've come alongside, and we're we're saying, "Come on, let's 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 help carry this together, and we'll walk together, and we'll do this together." It'll be dialogue. You'll be accountable. We'll be talking. It'll at sometimes we'll have to bring in other parties, but we're going to do this in the spirit of gentleness. But you are not alone. This is this is the big thing: is that you are not alone. That we should never get into the mindset that, 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 that this burden is so big that it's going to bury you and it's going to be the end eternally. That's a lie. The Apostle Paul is after the idea that Christians would pursue Christians in a way that gently brings people back, back into relationship and back into the way of, of right and restores them. So, so verse 6. Let the one who has taught the word share all good things with the one who teaches. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked, for whatever one sows, that will he also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will reap from the flesh corruption, but the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. And let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. So then, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone and especially to those who are of the household of faith now upon reading this in this section you could you can pull away scholars tend to land in one place on this first sentence about, let one who is taught the word share all good things with the one who teaches. that Out of an attitude of giving back, the idea is that those who teach you, care for you, um, feed you in spiritual manner, that we should share back with them out of, out of the goods and the bounty and the finances that the Lord has blessed us with. The second thought is that we would give feedback on the idea of what we're being taught, we catch And then we allow it to work in our hearts and minds and we share back in a testimony or that way back with which what what God's doing in us. Have you ever had an opportunity where maybe you shared something or did something and then somebody came back around and said, you know, that, that, that word you shared or that prayer that you prayed or that thing that you did, it blessed and encouraged me. That's a blessing. When we hear and get feedback that way, that that it goes to stir in us, wow, God, you're on the move. That we need to be regularly ready to do that. But don't be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, he will also reap. In other words, the Apostle Paul is saying, you will get out of it what you put into it. Think about this. This is one rule that is always in motion, whether you acknowledge it or not. It's the law of sowing and reaping. It's always on the move. It's always, you are always in the process of both sowing and reaping. And we get out of it what we put into it. In other words, that you don't plant sagebrush seed and expect an oak tree. You chuckle because it sounds unreasonable correct you know it's like um when you're working in your yard you don't prep the front yard or the yard and get it ready for grass seed and 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 without taking the time to look at okay what kind of seed we think about it what zone sunny or shady aha i found it and then you go sow, and then as you've sown it you wait you water you tend, and you're expecting grass it's it's the rule it's it's the law whatever you 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 sow that's what's going to come back the principle is true for our own lives and this is an area that many people get so frustrated in they get, they get frustrated because they expect something other than what they've put in farmers would call that inputs Inputs. It would be things like fertilizers and minerals that you work into the soil for a particular reason, particular crop. And so here in this moment, even in our spiritual lives, the Apostle Paul is telling the church, hey, here you go, wait a minute, you will reap what you sow. If you sow to spiritual things, you're going to reap a spiritual harvest. If you sow to flesh, you're going to reap the flesh. Now let's think about that for a minute. Showing to the flesh, we know that that if 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 I am and resemble what I eat in nature naturally, you would see that I eat pretty well. (laughs) Some of you a nervous chuckle. (laughs) But you also know if you spend time with somebody and give them the opportunity to share you would know where they are with the things of God. You know this to be true. You've been in the presence of somebody who has a, a relationship with God that's, that's deep and that's vibrant and that's alive, and, and you get in their presence, and it's like, wow, well, this, is, this is good. What, what's happening right there? You are getting to partake in something that they have sown before, and you're reaping. And right here, this idea that that many of us desire, I say many of us, because I'm not sure all of us a better relationship with the Lord, but we we have we are unwilling to or have not yet put into practice some of the very things that are needed to, to cultivate this growing understanding of who God is and what he wants for our lives. For instance, you know, reading the Bible. Now, sometimes that can get a bad rap if it's rooted in the idea that you must read your Bible to have a relationship with God and his acceptance rather than read the Bible to understand who God is and how he works. Relationship, intimacy demands time. Come on. And God desires an intimate relationship with his people. He does. And so some of these disciplines that, that, we, that we must cultivate as, as a Christian are these ideas that, that we can, oh, the Bible, wow, this is good stuff. And all of a sudden what I'm doing is I'm taking the principles of God and I'm allowing them to be written in my heart and in my mind. And I'm allowing even the constructs of what it means to be a Christian to even sometimes conflict or override even my own way of thinking in the natural or processes that I've grown to understand that work, that, that I grow to know him that way, that I spend time in prayer. The, the opportunity to get to know God in, in, a, in a way that would be, would be verbal, contemplative, all, all of the ways that we can do that and allow him to minister to us that way. It's like, God, oh, I'm getting to know you in a different way. Here, here's my life. I want to grow to know you more. Speak to me. I'm, I'm going to sit quietly for a little bit. Wow, there's a discipline. Many of us like the sound of our own voice much too much. I mean, this is the truth, right? Like allowing the Lord to, to move in these ways, a that, that discipline of giving even. And I'm not just talking finances. I'm just talking sometimes it's giving of our time. Come on. It's like, you know, we, we so guard certain things and put boundaries. But the truth is, I am suffocating my own life in relationship with people because I've allotted no time to spend with the very people that I say that I'm one of. That, that, that discipline of, of commun- communion with others. And the Apostle Paul is saying, look, you, you are going you are, you are to become... What you put into that, you will resemble what you've eaten, even spiritually. Like, this is that. And so, so I, I just I thought this is really interesting. So, Adam was the first man. The, the word literally means man in, in Hebrew. It's kind of a wordplay, though, for us in English as it works its way through. It's actually a derivative of the, the word Adame. Adame uh, being earth. So, think, think about this. We are descendants of Adam, and our makeup, living earth. You reap what you sow. Your life and who you are was designed to be absorbent. Things stick. Things stick. This is soil. My life is soil. My heart is soil. My mind is, 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 is soil. And as I go about life, I choose to to pick up, and sometimes the things that I pick up, the the seeds that I pick up, sowing to the flesh. Well, I just, I can binge Netflix on that show that I probably shouldn't watch. Seeds. I go around. I'm watching things on the internet that I I should not be watching. Seeds. I go around. I have conversations with people that that I know doesn't uplift the Lord, and I know I probably shouldn't be talking about that. Seeds. Seeds. And pretty soon I cultivate a life that begins to, 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 to grow and to move into things that I'm shocked at what I'm becoming. The soil of my life is given. And then, and then, and then I'm shocked at the behaviors that follow the seeds that I've allowed to plant in my life. I'm going to be honest with you. Some of us need a radical, radical change of thinking and the desire. See, God wants to know us in such a way But there is a call in the scripture that we are being moved to be imitators of Christ and grow to know God and who God is. And God is a holy God. And there's a call in scripture that says, be holy for I am holy. I'm not throwing a a weight on us that would be condemnation. Condemnation. I'm calling us to, to reevaluate and recognize that you are designed in the image of God and you have purpose. Come on, somebody. And that if we, if we understand the principle of, of sowing and reaping and we understand that, that I can sow seeds to the flesh my own desires and my own thinking in just in a moment or I can make a decision to say, all right, Lord, what would you have for me? How can I honor you? Okay, I'm going to go have a conversation with that person right there and see what they have to say. And all of a sudden, you just unpack something of the goodness of God that that encourage you and challenge you. Seeds. Oh, And, And you joined in service on Sunday morning, and you gather, and you just decided, you know, I don't normally sing out loud, but in this moment, the words are on the screen, the music's playing. I have to do something other than what I normally do. I'm going to sing. God! I worship you. And it opens your eyes. Seeds. Wow. And you begin to read and, oh, wow. I, my family has always done this, but the Bible says we shouldn't be doing it. Seeds. And all of a sudden, we begin to walk around and we shouldn't be surprised that out of us comes. Wow. I have a desire to, to please you, God. Wow. I want to know those people more. Wow, something's happening in me. I am being transformed. I look back and I see a different person than who I am today. Seeds. You see, sowing and reaping is always in effect. In nature, you don't believe me? Just go scrape out a patch of empty ground. Just make a little dirt area and leave it alone. I guarantee you in a month or two, it'll be so overcome with weeds unless you've intervened and done something. But it is at work, even in your own life. See, the Apostle Paul knew this, and he knew. He knew also, don't grow weary in well-doing. Why why, why did he know that? Well, for one, you could read the the letters that he wrote, and you get the picture that, wow, it, it is heavy. The things that he journeyed through was heavy. But, but, but he also knew that the human condition is that we begin to lose patience when reality doesn't match our expectations. And what I mean by that is many times in the Christian life, we believe that just because we encountered Jesus and, and we, we understood that it was new life in Christ, that, wow, everything is going to be different. And then we go home and we open the door and we look at our life and we say, wow, it's the same that's the same as how I left it. And unless we begin to, to, to move to allow room for Christ to, to impact and change, and then we begin to evaluate, oh, oh, these movies? Yeah, we're not going to watch those anymore. This music? No, I, ew. nope, that's gone. Most of my saved shows on Netflix? Probably not anymore. And we begin to move in a journey towards Christ that begins to bring honor to him in a way that would glorify and we wouldn't be embarrassed if other people joined us in that moment who were Christian and you highly esteemed. Come on. You see, in the next section, he says, See with what large letters I am writing to you with my own hand. It is those who want to make a good showing in the flesh who would force you to be circumcised, and only in order that they may not be persecuted for the cross of Christ. For even those who are circumcised do not themselves keep the law, but they desire to have you circumcised that they may boast in your flesh. But far be it from me to boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. For neither circumcision counts for anything, nor uncircumcision, but a new creation, and as far as all who walk by this rule, peace and mercy be upon them and upon the Israel of God. From now on, let no one cause me trouble, for I bear on my body the marks of Jesus, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Be with your spirit, brothers. Amen. The Apostle Paul starts this section about the idea that here in this moment there's only one thing that he's going to boast about and and he actually draws draws attention to see what large letters i'm writing to you now scholars believe that that he was uh, referring to the actual size of the letters on these writings. So they were abnormally large. Maybe it was an issue of eyesight or of writing. See, see these large letters that I'm writing. Uh, other scholars tend to lend in, well, it also could be that, that he wrote these letters. The letters are multi, you know, they're just longer and they're with import and he's wanting them to get something out of it either way. The idea is here in this moment, he's saying, Hey, it's so important that I write to you. See, I'm taking the time to do this. So, don't be dissuaded. Don't be dissuaded by those who would want to just show you off and have you submit to parts of the law so that they can say, Hey, look who we've won back. This is the moment, this is the time. Here's the word that I'm very uncomfortable with circumcision. It makes me want to hide. But here's the deal. The Judaizers back then recognized this. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. The Apostle Paul wasn't afraid to use it because it was an important thing then. And the important thing then, it was a mark of how you were going to follow this God that you said you were going to follow. And the whole message of Galatians and the gospel was you don't have to submit to the old law because Jesus came. And so he's telling them now to remember, hey, wait a minute, whether you are or you aren't, it's not important at all. So, so, so how do we translate to us? Because in our context, most of us don't even wrestle with that thing anymore. We know the Christian life in the way that we know it today. And so in the way that we know it today, it would be, it would be the keeping of a set of rules that proves your allegiance to religion so so it's the idea that that you have a set course and, and by its own merits you're earning grace by the set course of action that you take. We do this sometimes when we think that we we've embroiled in sin and we need to get on track to do a different thing that we we embrace a certain behavior pattern so that it be, we begin to feel better about what we've done and hope that it sticks. Come on, am I talking to somebody? So we would okay, I'm going to read the Bible 10 chapters a day. Okay, I'm going to pray 2 hours a day. Okay, I'm going to fast 1 week a month. And we we put this regimen that's this this high bar and we earn grace that way and the apostle paul is saying hey wait a minute you don't earn anything by the things that you're doing it's it's a love relationship and if intimacy desires time then right in that the 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 motivation is that you have been rescued by grace respond to that Respond to that that call that that while you were an enemy of Christ, he first loved you. Whoa. Respond. No longer. No longer. Don't allow yourself to get caught up in any prideful thinking or ways that, that you did it on your own. It's nothing more than the grace of God that rescued you. If, for the grace of God, I wouldn't be standing here it's everything. I have, I have nothing to boast in except for that. You and I, you, you could be the most gifted, talented. Um, you could be resource rich. And at the end of the day, that, that, we, that we have proper alignment to say, all right, God, thank you for everything that you've blessed. Thank you for everything that, that we have. But right here, it's all because of you. It's all because of you all the time. He really leaves us with some concepts, and this is what I want to leave you with a few things. Two things. It begins on the inside. So, Galatians, everything about this idea that you are free as a Christian in a relationship with Jesus Christ and not under the old law anymore is a concept to be grabbed, a relationship to be had. It begins on the inside. And that you will eventually resemble the inputs that you've allowed to be put in. You, you will eventually resemble the seeds that you've taken on in the soil of your heart and life. You will resemble what you've cultivated. It begins on the inside. And it manifests on the outside. And so, so, so when the Apostle Paul was saying, don't be fooled, fooled God is not mocked. You will reap what you've sown. My experience is, is, that people didn't get from point A to point B by accident. They cultivated something. They cultivate little decision, little thought, little pattern, behavior, and now they they're moving. They didn't. They didn't just. People didn't just become oak oaks and walnuts in the faith, prized trees, high value, good quality, hardwoods. They didn't just happen overnight. They cultivated something. They they, they allowed the soil of their heart to be worked. They allowed the Holy Spirit conviction to move in them. They took the input of others. They took, and, and they yielded to the processes of God, and they they're moving and you're just continuing to see somebody in a journey. Our church is full of people who have dynamic relationships with God that are pillars. And then you watch people and you see them maybe in sin. And if the apostle Paul it starts on the inside, it will manifest on the outside. You didn't just get there overnight. It was one decision one click, one view, one thought, and you allowed an entertainment. And you moved. And before you know it, you made that decision that so radically altered the face of reality for the moment. Sin. It didn't just happen overnight. Don't be fooled. God's not mocked. You will sow whatever you reap to the good or to the bad. And this is the heart of God. See, this you're hearing it. Hey, hey, I love my people. I want them to be well. The apostle Paul said, I can do anything, but not everything is beneficial. Everything has consequences. And he's clearly saying, follow the path of freedom in Christ. And don't pick up a yoke of slavery, about how you earn the grace of God, be free." And for the church that follows that, peace be upon him. I believe this is for us this morning. I believe God's on the move for us as a people. He's out to show his love. He's out to show his concern. He's out to show that his heart is dead, that he would take somebody who has wondered and brought them back. That he's take somebody who is broken healed them, that he's taken people from that condition and turned them into healthy, strong people. This is the heart of God. And this is where we want to land as a church, amen?